Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. In this episode, I'm speaking with Johanna Maynard Edwards, the executive director of the Women's Theater Festival based in Raleigh, North Carolina. You'll hear Johanna describe the current work of the Women's Theater Festival as she very quickly pivoted to offer a remarkable slate of online offerings to her community. Big thanks to Johanna for her candor and transparency around the financial realities of this moment for WTF and for her vision and advocacy. Find out more at womenstheaterfestival.com. In addition to being the executive director of the Women's Theater Festival, Johanna Maynard Edwards has directed, devised, and produced countless theatrical productions in New York City, Minneapolis, and The Triangle. A passionate arts educator, Johanna has been a teaching artist at Raleigh Little Theater for the past 10 years. She is a chief rep for PAL, the Parent Artist Advocacy League for the Performing Arts, and serves on the Arts Learning Community for Universal Access through the Office of Raleigh Arts. Johanna is an outspoken advocate and consultant for access and inclusion in theater, and has created a resource guide for presenting sensory-friendly theater. She is a graduate of NYU Tisch School of the Arts, Playwrights Horizons Theater School. This interview was recorded virtually on March 21st, 2020. If you have the resources to do so, I encourage you to donate to individual artists and to artist funds at the local and national level. I will include some of those links in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Johanna. How are you today? I'm okay, Tamara. How are you? I am I'm varying degrees of okay, but right yeah. now I'm very happy to be talking with you. Yeah, it makes it, it makes the day brighter, doesn't it? Well, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the Women's Theater Festival has done a lot in a very short amount of time to connect with the community and it has been really wonderful to hear familiar voices and see familiar faces online. And even just via social media to see that people are out there and they're doing their best to maintain and to shore one another up. So I'm wondering if you would start by talking about what Women's Theater Festival is focusing on right now. Yeah. So when we say Women's Theater Festival, what you probably mean is me. (laughs) You know, I'm the only staff member of Women's Theater Festival right now. But, you know, I I have a seven person working board and everybody is super connected and super participatory in this. But every one of those seven people just got hit by this same thing at the same time. So what Women's Theater Festival, aka I, began thinking about because I think I thought and knew this was going to be a thing just a little bit earlier than most people thought and knew this was going to be a thing. Maybe because I am born in trauma, emergency, my brain like all automatically goes there. So a few weeks ago, this was keeping me up and like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. So when it started to happen, I was just like, okay, my community is scared and isolated and just fundamentally back to my nonprofit brain 
how do I serve my community? And the first thing I could think of was, well, we can read plays in our homes and then get together online and discuss them. So I just put together a play reading book club and it quickly grew to over a hundred members. People from around the country wanted to participate, particularly the people who write the plays, the playwrights, the people who publish the plays wanted to participate. And so the book club just got kind of epic really fast. How many of these have you done so far? Two? Two, yeah. So we started on Monday. Dear gosh, golly, goddess, it's only Saturday. Um, We started on Monday with a discussion of Dance Nation by Claire Barron, which she was a Pulitzer Prize finalist for writing this play. So not not a shabby work to start with. Mm -hmm. And I invited the director of marketing from Concord Theatricals. Her name is Courtney Kachoba to moderate because just a few weeks ago, whatever in this time continuum we're in, I was at SCTC, the Southeastern Theater Conference, and I was at her booth where they sell all the play scripts. And I was like, okay, what do I need to get? What play should I be reading right now? Courtney was very enthusiastic about this play. So I invited her to moderate it. And then it happened to be the day that everyone there at Concord, which dear listeners, Concord used to be called Samuel French, like two weeks ago, Samuel French. So that's where okay, most Okay, of- I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they just changed. (laughs) So she got her senior, senior director of acquisitions to sit on the panel. And then somebody contacted Claire Barron, the playwright, and she's like, heck, yeah, I'll do this. So the people who published the play, and who represent the play script and the playwright herself talked about the play online. So we were, we had all that like kind of epicness happening while on the other side, trying to figure out a new technology in Twitch to live stream. (laughs) And it went okay. The first time it was glitchy, you know, and we spent a few days trying to figure out how to make that better. And then we decided what the, Hey, let's do a staged reading in this way. And the incomparable playwright, Carrie Dadsvich, said, yeah, let's do my play. And so we did. We we performed the play on our computers and live streamed it at the same time. And then the playwright hopped on to do a Q&A and discussion with the audience. That's amazing that you could pull that together in such a short amount of time. And for people who couldn't be there to experience it live, I believe that you're making it available to the patrons via Patreon. Is that right? Yes. So these live streams like live for a minute there out in that world. Then we download them and we're putting them on as private YouTube videos that we can then send the link to our patrons. And even people who are joining us on Patreon for a dollar a month get these cool play readings and interviews. And, you know, we've already got our plans for next week. So we're thinking Monday nights will be discussion nights and Thursday nights will be play reading nights and we'll just do that. And that'll be WTF's contributions into the universe for right now. So speaking of the amount of work that it takes to pull these together, what work does it take to pull these together? Because I think the people who make theater understand what that looks like, but this is a new, 
this is a new beast to tame. So can you just give us some insight into how you pulled these things together in a short amount of time? Okay, yes. So Mickey Stiff, she is a kind of marketing and communications goddess in our Triangle Theater community. She volunteered to help me. She's been in the Twitchosphere. I don't know if that's the term, but she kind of lives in Twitch. And so she volunteered to help on that side to to set us up with a Twitch account and a channel and all that stuff. So what you have to do is you have to pick like a meeting program. The first one we used Google Hangouts and I didn't like it that much. So now we're firmly in the Zoom camp. So all the people who are going to be a part of the live stream get together on one of these Zoom calls. And then there's Twitch, the platform that live streams. And then there's this other thing that I know that the initials are OBS and I can't remember what that stands for, but it's kind of like what all this goes through in order to show up on that like clean looking screen that the viewers get to see. So that's the work of the technology. The other work is, of course, talking to the playwrights and perhaps their agents and other folks and asking them and inviting them to participate and like getting them all the information they need to know how to do this because it's new for everybody, you know. And then the marketing piece of creating the graphics, creating the Facebook events, getting it pushed out on all of our social media. And that just takes a bit of a wee bit of time each day. And then Cindy Jenkins, who used to be my marketing director, who's at home with her two kids right now. Well, not even at home. They are in temporary housing in Orlando. Their home is in Beijing and they were evacuated. So they're in Orlando. Her husband is in the theme park business. She's been helping me with press releases and getting those out to the media that's outside our typical sphere so that not just our our local media knows what we're up to, but maybe the national media. And then as a person who runs a theater company in this terribly scary moment, I'm hoping that that PR and some small donations will help get us through to the place where we can sell tickets and have the big robust streams of earned income again. And by big robust, like, for example, our next show freak show, that's supposed to start rehearsal at the end of April, our projected ticket sale income is $7,000. For us, that's a that's a big amount of earned income. And I don't know if it's going to come or not right now. So it's a little scary. Sure. And the way that you're currently set up for these readings People can opt in to give donations by signing up to be a patron via Patreon or via PayPal. And those are two separate ways to pay the artists, right? Because one is to offer an honorarium for the performers if there are performers. And then the other one is to support WTF, i.e. you, uh, <laughs> for the work that you're doing, right? Yeah. And I've been just really transparent about that. WTF budgets to pay me is $5,000 a year. That's what's in our annual budget. And that breaks down to $416.67 a month. So that's my income. That's my main income is that $416. 
So brass tacks is that we, our overhead consists of that. WTF also now pays my health insurance premium, which is vitally important. So that amounts to altogether about $700 a month. And then plus just those, since we don't have a building, we're fortunate, like there's not rent to pay each month. And I know that the theaters that have that burden right now, it's unspeakably immense for them. So our overhead costs are like $12 a month for our Canva account, you know, whatever per month we pay for our website and those like kind of monthly expenses that happen, our insurance, you know, things like that. So all told, what we need to keep coming in per month to keep our theater running is a lot lower than what other people are facing right now, but it's still significant to us. It's still you know, my husband who had our kind of breadwinning job, he was laid off this week. So $416 a month is right now what we can count on today on this date that we're recording. So that's where I'm at, you know, trying to sing for my supper and also primarily provide something for our community, something for our patrons, our donors, and our artists who are just just in this void of unknown, you know. Thank you for being transparent about that. I, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, you're talking about providing something for our community. And I like to think about like what that something is. I think part of it is community. And again, as I said earlier, familiar voices, familiar faces, or maybe unfamiliar voices and unfamiliar faces, folks that we have wanted to meet, but have never had a chance to actually spend time with. And so I think in some ways that has been really enjoyable for me. Some of these folks are people who whose names I know, but I've never had the experience to see them and hear them. So that has been wonderful. And also the exposure to new plays by women writers thus far. And that has also been really enjoyable because in the rush of our previous life of two weeks ago, I I was having a really hard time fitting in play reading and play considering. And now this has been a wonderful and low stress way, at least as a participant, has been a low stress way to enjoy that. I feel you on that. And it's always on my list. You know, I'm always trying to look for what are plays that fit the WTF mission and brand and, and how do I support those plays and those playwrights and how do I encourage people to read them and consider producing them? Right now, one of the upsides, one of the silver linings is that geography is not a barrier. So yesterday I was on a Zoom call with leaders from the Bay Area Women's Theater Festival, which we call our sister company. And they were really sweet. They're like, no, no, you're our mother company. It's because of you that we started and that we exist. So we were talking about like, they were just starting their very first festival, which um, was happening all over the Bay Area at various theaters from March through May, and they just had to shut it down. And it you know, their hearts are breaking because they they spent over a year organizing and putting all this together and putting these things into place. And now it's gone. Oh, gosh. And what they can do to kind of give all that life 
and to support those artists. So we already did an idea share yesterday for a couple hours on Zoom. And our WTF discussion for this Monday coming up is going to be a little roundtable between some WTFers here at WTFNC and Bay Area WTF um, to talk about like the different ways we've evolved and, you know, what our different programs are and, and how it's structured, which I think is going to give lots of people ideas on if they want to start a grassroots thing. Here are a couple of different ways you could do it. So one of the shows that was supposed to happen as part of the Bay Area Women's Theater Festival was Natural Shocks, which uh, the full title is Natural Shocks, a one-woman play in a tornado. It's by Lauren Gunderson, and Lauren Gunderson herself was supposed to perform this play at Marin, I think it's Marin Theater Company or Marin Stage Company. So that got shut down, and there is some recording of her performing it that she is going to release into the the ether. But the Bay Area folks connected me with Lauren and I told Lauren what we were doing. Look, we're on a first name basis, me and Lauren Gunderson. Yeah, wow. Right. And she was so enthusiastic to support this. So next Thursday, that's going to be our play. And perhaps by the time this podcast comes out, that will have already happened. But I'm really excited to make that connection from Bay Area WTF to WTFNC and our queen, Lauren Gunderson, America's most produced living playwright in the center of that and her brilliant work because this play is about isolation and is there's so much that resonates to this moment and some of the other things in the American zeitgeist like gun violence in very exciting, interesting ways. And I think this play is uniquely excellent for this format. And I think it's going to help show that perhaps this is a new medium for us as theater artists that we can harness and utilize, not just now, but for a long time to come. This may be a question that is premature to ask, given that all of this has happened so quickly. Are you planning from week to week right now, or are you thinking about the rest of the season and transitioning to more online work? How are you proceeding at this moment? (laughs) Both. The answer to your question is both. Yes. I am kind of figuring out week to week what we're going to do with this series and also thinking about what would happen with Freak Show if we were to not be able to do our typical put people in a room and rehearse a play and then put people in a room and perform a play with other people in the room who bought tickets. So yes, all of this experimentation on the virtual plays is hopefully going to help us decide if that's how we're going to present Freak Show in May and June. Um, And also our festival coming up in July, you know, what happens if we're not quote unquote, back to normal by July? How can we offer our festival as a virtual festival to keep our momentum to keep moving? So those are all, you know, interesting questions to me. As I mean, I've been thinking about this for two years, because two years ago, I got really, really sick. And I was trapped, mostly in bed, at home. My life got really, really small. And you interviewed me about this before. And I wanted to connect. 
And it's weird and tragic that now everybody is in that same situation. We're all trapped in our homes and wishing to connect. And what I think about this opportunity where everybody has to pivot into this space is that it's going to hopefully make what we do more accessible in the long run, because there are people who never would have been able to leave their homes to buy a ticket and show up at the theater. And that's money that's been left on the table. And uh, on a producerial level, you know, my heart, my humanity is tied with people who have accessibility issues, of course. But hopefully now other producers will see that this is a value added to what they were doing and will continue to offer these things. Is there anything else you would like to talk about before we wrap up that we haven't covered? Yes, I should talk. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me plug some other things that we're doing. We are working on the Momversations Project, which is a work that we were planning to workshop during the WT Fringe this summer, where we will be just like Tamara and I are doing right now on Zencaster, recording interviews with different mothers, different people with a motherhood experience and having kind of the tough conversations about what motherhood is around America right now and using those live interviews and, you know, what we can share in a podcast format to then be the source material for the devised piece of theater. So that's an interesting way that we were already planning to use an audio format to then shape live theater. So that's coming. And if there are moms and mothers who would like to have a momversation with us, please reach out. We would love to have that conversation. We helped the brilliant teaching artist, Samantha Corey, get some virtual drama classes up and running, which the first class was just simply stunning. Um, My child had an amazing time. And as a teaching artist, I really enjoyed getting to sit in on one of Sam's classes. I learned some new tricks to invoke in my own work as a teaching artist, which is great. And we're working with some folks to do a triangle bake-off, which the bake-off is a Paula Vogel term for a quick playwriting competition where folks get some ingredients and a limited amount of time to write a small play. And then we're dividing into five divisions. So there will be a youth, a teen, a college, amateur and professional division for this. And the finalists that the adjudicators choose, the top five in each category, will get a little virtual performance from a group of actors. And then we're going to let the community vote to pick the winner in each category. And then each of those winners get a small cash prize and a uh, staged reading at WTF's Occupy the Stage Stage Reading Festival later this year. Just keep our community writing and reading and getting excited and rallying around plays. That's wonderful. I love that idea. Oh, That's me too. super, super cool. Yeah. And of course the conversations are going to be changed dramatically based yeah. on this moment, because I can tell you, I mean, I don't know if you could hear my kids downstairs, but this is a whole different kettle of fish for the parent artist who's trying to, as you are, balance financial considerations and creative and work responsibilities and kid wrangling responsibilities. It's having a 
and impact in a way that I haven't experienced in a long time. And let's definitely shout out our friends at PAL, Parent Artist Advocacy League. Before I hopped on with you, I was watching a tremendous Facebook Live presentation from them. They are working very hard to put together as many virtual resources for parent artists in this moment. And it is giving me life. Absolutely. I will include many links to all the things in the show notes, but I would like to thank you so much for the work that you're doing to sustain us and wish you all the best. And thank you again. Tamara, thank you. My child is literally at my door, pew, pew, pewing me with his whatever lightsaber thing or whatever. Is this when we say hashtag real life? Because I think... (laughs) Dear listener, you are not alone. If you can't get through listening to this without multiple interruptions, just know we didn't get through making it without multiple interruptions. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for listening. For more information, please see www.artistsoapbox.org. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter.